You are our strength. All right, let's get into the Word. Uh, got a new offering of message. Um, we're going to talk about unrepented sin, the quiet thief. Unrepented sin, the quiet thief. Mm. All right, so 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 let's get in. Let's just get into this. We're going to hit a couple of practical things, and then we'll get into what God want us to talk about. We'll find out. Um, again, you know, I, I'm not a versus this preacher, that preacher, this, that, and the other. I'm just really about the truth. But sometimes when you communicate things, it's gonna it'll challenge some things that people are communicating from. Either whatever they believe, how far they, how the depths they've gone to. I'm definitely not a person to say that I've gone uh, deeper in the word than any, any, or better or worse than anybody else. Um, but I do have a responsibility to communicate with, with you all and those that are watching and those that are going to watch. You know, again, you know what God says in His Word. All right. So when you think about unrepentant, obviously that root word there is to repent or repentance, right? And that comes from the word uh, uh, metaneo. Now, it's not necessarily, uh, when you watch it online, it's not necessarily spelled that way, but trust me, it's uh, metaneo, even though it's spelled M-E-T-A-N-O-E-O, but it's metaneo. So that meta, that first part of that means after, and uh, neo, of course, means change. So, metaneo is to perceive afterwards, which is applying change. So, in other words, a lot of times people repent after they see afterwards, after they realize, oh, I didn't know I did that. Oh, I didn't realize that. Oh, I see that now. And the thought is once we see it, then we'll change. Uh, I want to give you another word here that's important. It's uh, nous, uh, N-O-U-S. And that means mind. That means mind. So that's, uh, for our conversation going forward, that's our seat of moral reflection. A lot of times we process or we reflect or we realize, as we just finished talking about, where? In our mind. That's where we see it first. That's where we decide in our mind. And then our third offering of uh, just for understanding is pronio. Uh, it's P-R-O-N-O-E-O, pronio. Now, just as uh, mateno is perceived uh, afterwards, well, pronio is perceived beforehand, right? And so that's changing one's mind or purpose, you know, beforehand, okay? All right, again, so we're talking about repentance. So I just wanted to give us some, just, just some of the insight and definitions of the word repentance, but for our conversation, repentance always involves changing for the better. It always involves, uh, involves changing for the better. And so when you think about those two words, uh, either changing perceived afterwards or perceived beforehand, um, it, it, it gives you the different processes between the Old Testament and the New Testament. So the Old Testament, is, you know, obviously is where they offer sacrifices, Right. So that refers to change of mind or purpose. That's the pronail. I'm offering a sacrifice um, almost like beforehand, you know, just to make sure I'm in right standing with God. Now, of course, people offer sacrifice after they realize what they had done, all right? Um, and so in the New Testament, Christ is our, Christ and our life is, is the sacrifice. So we don't bring... Uh, lambs and bullocks and stuff like that. So Christ and our life, because we present our lives as a living sacrifice and that we harmonize what Christ did, right? So Christ and our life as a living sacrifice. That refers to, of course, in the New Testament, this, this thing refers to, of course, sin, both turning away from sin and turning to God, turning away from sin and turning to God. So that's that matate, mataneo. Like I perceive I need to turn away from something that I already done Right, and I need to turn to God from what I've done. Right, so that's our foundation of repentance. You know, Christ. You know, even when Christ opened His ministry up, He opened it up with repentance. You know, so He. So we've been reading through 
uh, the book of Matthews, but we know in Matthew 3, uh, verse 17, the, the, the spirit fell on him like a dove. God said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Right after that, we go into Matthew 4, and he was the spirit takes him into the wilderness, and he's tempted of the devil, which is what we read through uh, the, uh, in, y'all call it, well, what do y'all call it? Y'all call it the temptations or the tempter or what do y'all call it? The temptation? Okay, so, so that's Matthew 4. But after you go through the process of Matthew 4, it says the devil left him for a season, right? All right, so now you got, you got Jesus living a life as a human, right? Giving himself, living a life as a human. Let's go to Matthew 4. Living his life as a human. Then he gets to a place. He comes to be baptized by John. And Christ, I mean, God shows up to endorse him. In front of everybody, we talked about this the other day in the Bible study fellowship, but this is my son whom I'm well pleased. Then, of course, the spirit takes him in the wilderness and, you know, turn this uh, stone into bread. You know, it is written, thou shalt not live by bread alone, but every word ever see out of the mouth of God. Well, well, cast yourself off this cliff, <laughs> right? You know, bow down. I'll give you these kingdoms, right? All right. And then so he passes this test um, in... And then it says here, after he passed the test, well, after he said, get thee behind me, Satan. Uh, verse 11 says, and the devil leaveth him, and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. Right? Then you have over here, uh, verse 12, I'm just going to read it. We're going to lock in on verse 17, but I'm going to start at verse 12. It says, and when Jesus had heard that John was cast into prison, he departed into Galilee. Right? Interesting. We talked about this the other day too, right? It says, and, and leaveth Nazareth, he came and dwelt in Capernaum, which is upon the seacoast in the borders of Zebulon and Naphtali. Uh, it says, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, the land of Zebulon and the land of Naphtali by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, uh, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people which sat at darkness saw great light, and to them which sat at, in the region in the shadow of death, light has sprung up. Well, obviously, we know who that light is, right? That's Jesus, right? Now, let's focus here on verse 17 because of what we're talking about today. It says, from that time. Now, remember, he just went through all this process. He, you know, he got endorsed right after he got endorsed. This is why you got to handle success because right after he got endorsed, he was, went right to the wilderness. Right, right. So we can't get overconfident and relaxed as we was talking about today with them two boys that offer that strange fire, right? So he got overconfident. He didn't get overconfident. Goes right into the wilderness, passed the test, and right after that it says, from that time Jesus began to preach and to say, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Right? From that time... Uh, the amp classic Amplifier says it this way. From that time, Jesus began to preach, crying out, repent. Change your mind for the better. Heartily amend your ways with abhorrence of your past sins, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. From that day forth. So he started his ministry out with what? Repent. Now, we talked about in the, in the, in the word uh, matin. Uh, Neo and pro-neo, you know, when you recognize something, you want to change. And, of course, pro-neo says, hey, I'm turning away from something to God, right? What the Bible says is different. It says turn to God from sin. It doesn't say turn away from sin to God for a reason. Just turn to God. You know, don't, uh, I'm not going to do that no more. I'm not going to do that. No, no, no. Don't play off of what you're not going to do. Focus on what you're going to do, Right? Right? Don't say, I ain't going to drink no more soda. I'm not going to drink no more soda. I'm not going to drink no more soda. What you plan off of? The soda. Say, I'm going to drink water. Right? Actually, I keep saying say. D drink water. <laughs> Don't just say it. Drink the water, okay? Right? Don't go, I'm not going to the club. I'm not going to the club. Go to church. Right? You see the difference? Yeah. What we plan off of. Right? That makes a difference, Right? All right, so, so again, this repentance, obviously, is not just, Lord, forgive me, right? It's an action word, right? It's something we're doing. It's an action word. We, we're acting on some things. Um, now, we're going to go back over to Matthew 3 because I think it's important for us to highlight this. So now before Jesus shows up, 
So he's just a progression before he shows up to get baptized. Uh, we'll start here at verse 1, and I'm going to uh, read it out of the classic Amplified because I just like the impact of it, right? Uh, verse 1, it says, in those days there appeared John the Baptist, right? Preaching in the wilderness. Uh, I'm reading the classic Amplified, you know, uh, 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 Matthew 3, verse 1. In those days there appeared John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness uh, desert of Judea and saying, repent. Now look at this. This is another breakdown here. Think differently. Change your mind, regretting your sins and changing your conduct. So that's the classic amplified definition of repent, right? It says for the kingdom, well, let's go back to that. Think differently. So, so, so again, one, I can talk about God, but if I'm thinking the same, see, some of us haven't let go of our philosophies. You know, that's why we are not accountable. That's why we're not consistent. Right? That's why we're freelancing. We don't think differently. We just mentally assent. Huh, I agree. I should be doing that. But we don't think differently, right? It says change your mind. Right? Look, regretting your sins, so it's good. It's okay to regret them, but it's not okay to regret them if we're not going to change our conduct. Right? So that's what repentant, repenting is, right? It says, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Right? So John was saying it before Jesus even showed up and started saying it, right? It says, and this is he who was mentioned by the prophet Isaiah when he said, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, shouting in the desert, prepare the road for the Lord, make his highway straight, level and direct. Uh, this, now, so this is important because we were talking about order when we were walking through Bible study fellowship. He's preparing a way that's not confusing. So, in other words, when Jesus shows up, be like, well, I, well John was saying this. What you talking about? So, so, John is out ahead of him saying what Jesus is going to say. John said, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus said, what? The kingdom of heaven is at hand. So, it wasn't like they're speaking different languages. That's why we got to be on the same page. That's why we have discipleship class. That's why we have Bible school, Right? That's why we have Bible school fellowship because sometimes we're saying our philosophies, not what the word says. Sometimes we're speaking our tradition, not what the word says. So we're not, we're not preparing a way. We're not making the path straight. The path is all over the place because sometimes we're communicating out of our compromise. So we go, oh, I'm not saying you got to do it exactly that way. You know, sometimes you may need to do a little something. That's not what the word says. You see what I'm saying? So I'm trying to communicate a straight path, right? Does that make sense? All right, it says, this same John's garments was made of camel hair, and he wore a, level, a leather girdle about his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey, right? He's pretty much fasting here, all right, eating this stuff. I said, then Jerusalem and all Judea and all the country round about Jordan went out unto him. Oh, no, he wasn't chasing them? John wasn't chasing him? Trina. John wasn't chasing him? Running after them, making sure he called them all the time. He wasn't even following up. They was chasing John. They were hungering and thirsting after the word. That's what the scripture says, right? Okay. I just thought I slipped that in there, you know, just so we all in the, on, in the same place, right? It says, now it says everybody from all over, right? It says, and they were baptized in the Jordan by him, confessing what? Their sins confessing it, not hiding their sins, confessing their sins. It says, but when he saw many of the Pharisees and the Sadducees coming for the baptism, he said unto them, you brood of vipers, right? <laughs> Who warned you to flee and escape from the wrath and indignation of God against, diso against disobedience that is coming? So he's like, hold on a second. Y'all ain't even with the kingdom. Who told y'all? <laughs> yeah, Right? Right? It says, it, says, uh, it says, bring forth fruit. Now, he, 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 this is important. Bring forth fruit, what you produce. Bring forth fruit that is consistent with repentance. So it's not just what, I can't talk repentance. It looks like something. Right? It looks like something. Right? It says, let your lives prove your change of heart. Let your lives prove your change of heart. So, a, a person that's really repentant, it would look something like something, right? 
It would look a little different, right? Oh, wait, wait, wait. Hold on. What does it say up there? It says, bring forth the fruit that is consistent with repentance. So it's not like I le- I'm living in repentance in, in the moment that we had church that we're talking about it or that following week. No, no, no. This is how I live now. I live a different life. No, no, no. I don't do that no more. No, I don't roll like that. Oh, no, I'm committed to the kingdom. Well, somebody else got to figure it out, but even in my, I, no, I'm committed to everything in the kingdom. I, I tithe now. Not, not, not just when the circumstances are favorable. This is how I live. I'm in his word. I pray. I fast. I play off of the kingdom now, right? I'm consistent. Isn't it, doesn't it say that? Okay, I'll just make sure we're all, we're all in the same place. It says, uh, it, says in, uh, it says, and do not pres- presume to say to yourselves, this is important, do not presume, be overconfident, that's presumption, right, to say to yourself, we have Abraham as our, uh, for our father. So now you're hearing what you need to do, what you're going to look for out. Well, we have Abraham as our father. We don't, we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't need to do that. We chose him. <laughs> right? It says, it says, we have Abraham for our, for our forefather. It says, for I tell you, God is able to raise up descendants for Abraham from these stones. It says, God don't need y'all. <laughs> it says, and already the axe is lying at the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. And I indeed baptize you in or with water because of repentance, that is, because of your changing your minds for the better, heartily amending your ways with uh, abhorrence of your past sins. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy, I am not worthy or fit to take off or carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Right? So John was saying, have a sense of urgency. You don't have as much time as you think. <laughs> he said, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. See, because if you don't communicate the kingdom of heaven is at hand, how people operate? Like, we got time. I'll get to that. What he was saying is, whoa, 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 whoa. You might want to have a sense of urgency. You don't have as much time as you think. Ah, why did I say that? All right, uh, Romans 13. Mm, got me. Jesus Christ is Lord. All right, thank you. But that was, I didn't, that's, that, that's okay, baby. I want to be to focus on the word. All right, so Romans 13, 11. Uh, it says, and that knowing the time that now, now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than we believe. Understand what you was doing. It's okay. I apologize for my response. Uh, it says, and that knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, that's something you were talking about uh, today. You was talking about people awakening themselves, right? Uh, so it says, to awake out of sleep for now our salvation is nearer than when we believed, right? Our salvation is nearer than when we believed. The scripture says, redeem the time because the days are evil. Meaning the days don't wait on you. You got to maximize your moments when you have them. Uh, let me see. I, I, I didn't read this, but Pastor Mel brought this up the other day. Let me see if I. <sighs> Jesus gracious Lord. Uh, Pastor Mel brought up this scripture, uh, Psalm 34, 18. Uh, it says, the Lord is nigh unto them 
that are, that are of a broken heart and saveth such as be of a contrite heart, right? You know, basically people that have remorse for sin, that has remorse for sin, right? Let's go here to Acts 26. Acts 26. Uh, I'm just going to read this out of the classic Amplified also. Acts 26.20. Acts 26.20. Again, we're talking about unrepentant sin, but I wanted to spend some time on the value of repentance and what that looks like because otherwise we won't even understand what we're talking about here. It says, uh, but made known openly, first of all, those at Damascus, then at Jerusalem and throughout the whole land of Judea and also among the Gentiles that they should repent and turn to God and do works and live lives consistent with and worthy of their repentance. Uh, Once again, live lives consistent with and worthy of repentance. All right, let's go to Romans chapter 2. Romans chapter 2, just giving you some foundation so you can research and study it out for yourself. Again, I think, I don't know why, but sometimes in church people just skip over what we're talking about today for whatever reason. I don't, I don't know, you know, maybe it's not as uh, accommodating, you know, uh, somewhat convicting. Yeah, but you're leaving people in their sin. So most of the, uh, a lot of the messages that are being communicated in our culture are leaving people in their sin. A lot of these different religions, all you got to do is ask one question. Okay, what does this do with my sin? I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're telling me to worship, but so what does that do with my sin? You know, that's all you got to ask. But Romans 2, 1 through 6, and again, I'm going to read the classic Amplified version just for the sake of uh, uh, detail. Amplified kind of breaks it down, break it, breaks it down a little bit, rightly divides it a little bit. Um, it says, therefore, you have no excuse or defense or justification, O man, whoever you are who judges and condemns another. For imposing, this is fronting, imposing as judge and passing sentence, that's what judgment is, uh, and passing sentence on another, you condemn yourself because you who would judge are habitually practicing the very same things that you censor or denounce. But we know that the judgment adverse attic or sentence of God falls justly and in accordance with truth upon those who practice such things. And do you think or imagine, oh man, when you judge and condemn those who practice such things and yet do them yourself, that you will escape God's judgment and elude his sentence and adverse verdict? Or are you so blind as to trifle with and presume, it's that overconfident word again, upon and despise and underestimate the wealth of his kindness and forbearance and long-suffering patience? Are you mindfully or actually ignorant of the fact that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repent, to change your mind, and an inner man to accept God's will? But by your callous stubbornness and and impenitence of heart, you are storing up wrath and indignation for yourself on the day of wrath and indignation. When God's righteous judgment, just doom will be revealed. For he he will render to every man according to his works, justly as his deeds deserves. So, So again, this is saying when judgment comes, it's according to your Actual works, what you're doing, your actions, not your mouth. Not I say I love God, but what is your works? Not I really feel sorry, but I'm still operating the actions. The corresponding actions don't line up. And then he says, even kindness, which, which, which most people that call themselves Christian is probably the only attribute of love they use is kindness. But you don't understand, kindness is supposed to lead people to repentance too. If, if it doesn't lead people to repentance, is the kindness is not being applied the right way. Right? 
is for you, not for them. So it should lead people into repentance. And that's important because you don't, you say, we say we love people. We don't want them to deal with the wrath or the judgment of God, do we? That would be, a, that's a question. Do we? <laughs> we sure? We got a couple of people said, no, I don't want them to deal with it. A couple of y'all don't really care. All right. You know, that, that's what the goal is. When we say we love people, you know, you know, greater love has no man than this. He'll lay down his life. For a friend. That would include your like. So Lou may not like what I'm going to say, but I care enough to give him the truth because his life is more important than me being liked. You see the difference? Right? That's the thing. Doing what's best, not what's comfortable and easy. So Matthew 9.13. Matthew 9.13. Hopefully you're patient with me as I'm reading a lot of the classic Amplified because it really speaks to what, the, what we're trying to say today. Matthew 9, 13, classic Amplified again. It says, go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, that is readiness to help those in trouble and not sacrifice or, or sa- sacrificial victims. For I came not to call and invite to repentance the righteous, those who are upright and in right standing with God, but sinners, the erring ones, and and all those not free from sin. So he's saying I showed up to call sinners to repentance, right? And that's the most important thing, like to get people to turn away. You know, people are in harm's way. You know, a lot of times... Temptation, we don't realize the reality of temptation is pull us out of the presence of God. So once I pull you out of the will of God, I pull you out of the presence of God because you're not in harmony with God, right? Once I do that, I got, the devil got you. You're out there by yourself. You're uncovered. So wow, you know, simply stay away from sin. That's, that's basically what, 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 we, what we're realizing. Stay away from sin. If you slip, repent. So so this is how I'm living. I'm not trying to play off of uh, uh, it's okay, I could do anything I want because it's under grace. No, I'm staying away from sin. And if I slip, I'm repenting. I'm not jumping in sin or living in sin saying I know God will forgive me. That's not how it's supposed to work. Stay away from sin. And if I slip, repent. So look, now, you know what the grace is? I don't need no lambs. I don't need no bullocks. I don't need no turtle doves. That's what my grace is. I ain't got, I don't, listen, I don't have to have a barn full of lambs, barn full of bullocks, barn full of doves. These people probably made no money much as they were sending. <laughs> you know, you see your son out there, like, what you doing with that boy? Ah, oh, well, dad, I was going to make a little money for the house, you know. No, 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 no. We're going to need that this week. <laughs> well, we living around here. We're going to have to sacrifice that, that bull, right? So that's what our grace is. Our grace is we don't have to do those things, right? So our grace is we have the relief from the ceremonial sacrifices, Right? We have the relief from the ceremonial sacrifice, not relief from living morally right and repentance. So sometimes the culture is communicating grace as, oh, you can just do whatever. It's all under grace. You, yes, we do have grace. We don't have to come with bullocks and lamb, you know, what we've been reading through in the Bible study. We don't got to do all that. And that is some grace, don't you think? We can look, look. We can repent. We can plead the blood of Jesus as opposed to showing up on at the brazen altar creating our own blood and keep coming back <laughs> every time we do something. You know, sometimes people don't have a schedule to go to church. How would you live back then? You ain't got, you ain't got no time to bring your, your sacrifices? I mean, the way we're rolling right now, some of us, Probably just fall out right at the house because it'd be like, you know, you sin, he'd be like, man, ain't nobody trying to bring all them bulls. And then remember when we ran where you got to cut up some stuff? 
You know, man, man, nobody feel like cutting up that, you know? <laughs> man, I, listen, I ain't, you know, God, you, look, look, yeah, what's your line with evangelism? My God probably going to forgive me. And then, you know, uh, Reverend such and such come by, you know, you're born and be like, no, you didn't bring your sacrifices. You about to die. Right? Because the wages of sin is death. Now, all we got to do is stay in the presence of God and repent. That's what our grace affords us. Attach our faith to the, to, to the, to the blood of Jesus. But, but you know what's bigger? You ain't got to keep using the blood if you stay holy. Be holy as I'm holy. All right? You see the difference? All right? So stay in God's presence, crucified with Christ. If you fall away, repent. All right? That's the, that, I mean, that's all we got to do. That, that, that's the grace, right? Stay in God's presence, right? Stay crucified with Christ. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. It's not I that live, but it's Christ that lives through me, right? Apart from him, I can do nothing, right? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, right? That's all I got to do. If, if I get tempted, if I slip, if somebody talk about my mama and I snap back, I can repent. I can turn away from the behavior. Is, is he asking too much? You want to go back to the Bullocks and the, and the Rams? And the turtle doves? You want to go back to being butchers? Part-time butchers? <laughs> you see the difference? Right? See, so, 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 so if that's all we have to do, we can't walk around with unrepentant sin. Just like you couldn't not show up at the brazen altar with your offering. You couldn't do that. You can't even risk that. You can't risk walking in unrepentant sin. This is what's quietly stealing people's lives. People are walking around with unrepentant sin under the guise of, uh, I know God loves me. We just been reading through the order of God. You think he didn't love Aaron's sons today? For the people that don't know what I'm talking about, our Bible study fellowship at 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Walking through the Bible. So we were talking about Aaron's sons offered up strange fire, right? They gone, right? You think God didn't love them? But see, God's will and God's order is big, is important. He, he's establishing precedent. Because if, if, if I let them just do things in their own will, Oh, we just going to look, it's, 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 it's going to be, a, what, free fall. Everybody going to be doing something. Well, you let, uh, uh, what is it, Abihu and Nadab, you, you let them uh, offer a strange fire. Why can't I, you know, um, you know, worship some pigs this week? You know, we'd be all over the place. One of the things I worked in corrections, and you have to establish order. When I first came in, or the unit I worked on was chaotic, out of order. Nobody wanted to work there. And to be transparent, neither did I. You know, because, you know, when you first come, they kind of, you're going through training. And so as I was going through training, I was at a unit, and you had to take the people around to clean. And I was like, what is this over here? It was like, it's like a, you know, they come out the cafeteria like it's a concert. And, and this is a, listen, when you walked around, you're supposed to parade rest. It's 50 people, 25 in each line, walking down the hall so you can see what everybody's doing. You can't see. They walked out, no lines. Then I, then I was cleaning one day, and I looked inside the unit. The, 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 the guards was braiding the, the, the kids' hair, and I was like, I said, wherever they send me, don't send me there. Guess where they sent me? There. But when I came in, I had to establish order. And I had a defining moment one day where they, they had uh, set me up. This guy said he won't go into a cell. So while I'm talking to him, like, you got to go to your cell. Either you go on your own, you got to get dragged in there. That's the line we always say, you know. And so I'm not trying to drag the guy. So I'm, just, I'm negotiating. And he's backing up. And I'm going. So all of a sudden, I hear all this noise. <laughs> and I go back out. And it looked like it was a riot. You know, because it was like 60 kids. <laughs> And I was working by myself that day. So I was like, okay, this is a moment, brother. 
if you don't handle this right, they're going to run over you for the rest of the time here. So what happened was they were uh, sneaking me in the back so they could uh, all get the, the, the cake tray. You know, so you got to feed 60 people, so there's a big tray of cake. So they was, you know, fighting for the cake. So when the smoke cleared, I said, are we serious right now? So I took the tray and I threw it up to the ceiling. I told them to all sit down, right, in a different way than I'm saying it right now, right? But what I was doing is what? I was establishing an order. And, and, and sometimes I got on their nerves because I was like, no, we, you, you can't do that. Oh, well, Mr. Such and Such, we'll go talk to Mr. Such and Such, but you can't do that. But after a while, the unit ran itself. Because what? They came in and they followed order. And that's why you have to establish consistency because if you're just all over the place, everybody be all over the place, right? I, so so, so let's, let's kind of look at some of this unrepentant sin. Now, we already know Lucifer was turned into Satan. He slipped, and obviously he didn't repent because he's destined for what? She said hell, right? But, but, but this is the interesting thing. He was in the spirit realm. We've been given a body, right? We are a spirit. We've been given a body, but we've also been given a mind. God breathed in us. We became a living soul. So we actually have a choice station, right? See, once you leave this earth realm in this particular body, choice over. You know, that's why a lot of times if you, you think suicidal, like, you think you're going to go into heaven and things are going to change. No, the state that you're in is what you're taking into the eternity. And now you don't have a choice. That's why what profit a man to gain the whole world to lose his soul? Because he wants your choice. He'll let you do what you want with your body and your spirit. He just wants your soul. He wants your choice. Because once he has your choice, you can't choose to spend eternity with God. Does that make sense? All right, so, so we already know the Satan thing. But I, I was thinking through Cain. Right? I was thinking through Cain. Let's go here to Genesis 4. Again, we're talking about unrepentant sin. And sometimes we could be so casual with uh, repentance. And, and, and uh, what's the scripture Pastor Mel gave us? Uh, Psalm 34, 18, that contrition. Like really, really be contrite. Really be broken and realize, man, I need to change. I'm wrong. So uh, Genesis 4. Uh, we're going to focus on 5 through 7, but let's start at verse 3. It says, now, this is after Cain and Abel was born. It says, in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel, he also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. Now, there's a reason why the first of, of was emphasized. So Abel gave his best, Cain gave whatever, right? It says, and the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering, right? Because he gave of his best. But unto Cain and to his offering, he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth and his countenance fell. And the Lord said unto Cain, why art thou wroth? It says, and why is thy countenance fallen? If thou doest well, shall thou not be accepted? And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt, thou shalt rule over him. Uh, you know, obviously Cain talked with his brother and then killed him. All he had to do was just repent change from how he offered the first time and give his best. Just a simple tweak. This dude killed his brother. See, because by him not repenting, he was opened up for that sin that clouded him. It fed his flesh. Envy and jealousy kicks in, and you, you murder your brother, right? You see what I'm saying? Like, all he had to do was shift. See, see, like, even, you know, as we was walking through the story of Moses and them, when they realized what was going on, remember Moses said, man, go, uh, 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 Aaron, go out and, 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 and offer up to God real quick. Like, run in the middle of the crowd. Like, there, there was, there's a quick repentance that has to take place. Like, 
there's a small window for misrepresenting God. There's a small window there, so you got to quickly repent. You just can't uh, weigh on that thing. Like, like even if you think about uh, the, uh, Joseph's brothers, Genesis 37 through 50, that's the whole story. But if you think about it, like, they dealt with consequences because they didn't repent. They didn't really really, uh, come to the realization of making an adjustment until they're right in front of Joseph and the Pharaoh died. And so so once Pharaoh died, I said, whoa, okay. Or it might have been their dad that died. But it's like, oh, it was their dad, right? It was their dad that died. So he says, well, dad's gone, so he's probably going to take us out. You know, even though Joseph had a heart, he said, you meant it for evil, but God worked it out for good, Genesis 50, 20, right? And so, so again, they, you know, because they was walking around in that unrepentant sin, they went through some of the things they went through. Um, remember when Moses came down from the mountain, we was reading through this in Numbers. So he come down from the mountain, they, they wilded out, right? You know, creating golden calves and stuff like that. Well, if you think about what Moses did, Moses said, okay, any of y'all, now with some, some people wilding out too, any of y'all that's with me, come over here. That's their opportunity to repent, right? Because that's an action. So you're not saying, no, Mo- Moses, I'm with you, but you're still hanging out with Dathan and Korah and all of them, right? He said, come over here. Now, when he called the meeting, he called the leaders of the meeting too, right? He called the meeting. They didn't come. Romans 12, 12. They didn't come. They wouldn't repent. Like, we ain't coming. And then when he, then when he gave everybody a choice, listen. I don't commit a sin. I don't cause craziness. We don't wild out. God's mad. Moses is upset. Moses is saying, hey, you get another shot. Come with me. I'm jumping on that side if I'm them. They're like, hey, I can, I can, I can get out of this thing. You know, but they still, and this is what we, we can be stubborn when we make choices. We can be so stubborn. We know we wrong. But we could be so stubborn, like, uh, uh, it's going to change. It's going to change. We'll see. We'll see. I remember the, the, the back in the day, you know, my son had made some mistakes, and we was trying to talk to him. I saw it all in him. It was screaming. He never actually said the words. It was screaming out of him. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. So stubbornness says, well, if it works out, that I really didn't make a mistake. But the whole time you're trying to fix something or make something work out that's wrong, you're not repenting. You're not changing your actions putting yourself back in the right place with God. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? And a lot of, in this culture now, some of us have lost sight of repentance, right? Lost sight of, Bob says, if you confess your sin, God is faithful to forgive you of the sin and cleanse you of the unrighteousness, 1 John 1, 9, right? But, but, but the culture has almost watered down the value of repentance, we should be jumping at repentance as opposed to, what? It's cool. Well, I ain't hurt nobody. What's wrong with that? Like, we're so, you know, like there's a culture where we're looking at what we can do that's close to sin and then justify it. As opposed to, I don't want to be nowhere near sin. Right? And if I slip, I don't want to be outside of the presence of God for any period of time. Right? I want to repent and not see the thing. Uh, the Bible says, You honor me with your lips, but your heart is far from me. You can't front repentance. You know why? Because your actions show. And, and, and no, it's not your actions before me or, or Pastor Mel or Lou or Stella. It's your actions before God. The Bible says, Humble yourself in the sight of God, you'll be exalted in due time. So you confront like you're humble in front of me. I don't, I'm, I don't exalt nobody. That's on God. So God looks at the heart. It, he said a man, man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart. You can't front that. And it shows. Ain't no anointing on that person that doesn't repent. None. Screaming to the top of their lungs and no power. Because you have to repent. Your heart has to be right. Confess your faults one to another. Right? Doesn't it say that? 
And so, so we live in this culture where, where, where repentance has been excused with a, a, a word called judgment. Well, we just finished reading through the classic Amplified judgment is passing sentence. So somebody would, is somebody telling you what you're actually doing is not judging you. Maybe them telling you why you do it, you could, you could say that's because, you know, that's an assumed intent. You know, you, because you're selfish. Well, that's passing a sentence, but you late, you lazy is not passing a sentence. You're irresponsible. It's not passing a sentence. It's calling it like it is. And so, so it's not really judgment versus grace. See, once again, people control the narratives in our life. Remember I was working in, um, I was doing Bible study with, with uh, football team. And so, so I gave this scenario of, cause I wanted to talk about misrepresenting God. So I said, okay, so if I came, I said, if you showed up at a restaurant, you know, in Columbus, they had a restaurant called Max and Irma's. So it was kind of a, a grill, grill bar, kind of like, so you, you know, you eat food there, but you know, they had a little bar there. I said, so you come to Max and Irma's and you see, you, you don't know, whether it's alcoholic, non-alcoholic or not, but it looks like I'm drinking beers with my food. I said, what you going to say to me? And so one, one, of, the, one of the young men, because uh, he tried to anticipate where I was going, he said, he says, uh, should I judge you? And so my response was, should you leave me there? He said, what do you mean? I said, well, suppose I am drinking. You just going to leave me there? So you walk away saying, you know, Minister, they called him Mr. Bradley back then. Mr. Bradley, you know, you know, he going to be cool with me because he's going to say, at least I didn't judge him. Yeah, but you left me there. I'm still locked up with the alcohol. You had the keys. Yeah, I've said this example before. You showed up in prison, you gave me cake and ice cream, and you got keys in your pocket. So you walk out feeling good because I'm going to say, you know what? You know what, Keith was there for me, man. He showed up, man. You know, he gave me some stuff. But you left me locked up and went away free. Keep your cake and ice cream. Give me the keys. Give me the truth. That's what's going to free me. Don't just leave me bound so I like you. Let me be free so I can hang out with you. <laughs> All right, does that make sense? All right, so it's not about the challenge isn't judgment versus grace. It's unrepentant sin. See, see, change the narrative. So, so somebody creates a distraction. Sure, well, you going to judge me? I'm under grace. Okay. I'm over here going, what about the sin? It has to, there has to be repented from, turned away, changed conduct, consistent changed conduct. What about that? Oh, see, 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 you know, I don't don't need to change my conduct because I'm under grace. What does one have to do with the other? I don't have to kill bullocks and rams, yes. But I have to live morally right. Right standing with God. Read all through the New... Paul said, shall I sin so grace shall abound? He said, God forbid, no. So that's saying I shouldn't act immorally to justify grace. You see what I'm saying? Like, what are we doing? We got to repent from sin, right? See, see, I want to prepare a way by not, because we're preparing a way for people, right? I don't want to prepare a way by not leaving them in the sin that's cursing them. That's, 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 that's uh, how I'm helping them. Look, look, I'm going to be kind enough. If, if that's all I'm using is kindness, even the Bible talks about open rebuke is better than secret love. It talks about speaking the truth in love. It says God chastised who he loves, but let's just use kindness. My kindness should be leading people into repentance. We, we read that scripture, right? Corresponding action to kindness should be what? Leading people into repentance, right? 
So I can kindly lead somebody in repentance. I can kindly tell somebody the truth in love, right? I can kindly challenge somebody because it's, uh, well, well, my wife was talking to a family member and, and, and she was talking about, she says, we're going to, uh, can I say who it is? Oh, you said it's up to me? <laughs> well, well, okay, well, you was having a conversation about we were going to reset them when they come to visit. Is that okay? Okay, well, I'll just say. And so, so when she said, well, what about me? Like, like so how are they going to deal with me? as a part of this reset. So the person says, well, it's, okay? Okay, so it was my granddaughter. So, so my wife was saying, well, well, what about grandpa? You know, she says, well, I, I know he's gonna be straight, but I know he loves me. So even though it might be tough to hear, I know everything he's communicating is communicating out of love. So it, it's not gonna be that bad. <laughs> right, well, that's my point. If the kindness is really about the other people, it ain't that bad. And it, it ain't, it's going gonna, it's, it's gonna to stretch a little bit, Benicia, but it ain't that bad. Right? <laughs> right? It's not that bad, right? The scripture says this in, in Psalms 11.5. It says, the Lord tests the righteous, but his soul hates the wicked and the ones who love violence. So he says, it, when you're righteous, you're going to be tested. Right? But he hates the wicked and those who love violence. Right? Uh, Proverbs 8.13 8, says, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. The fear of the Lord, when I reverence God, I hate evil. I'm not comfortable around evil, being around evil. The Bible says God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. Open rebuke is better than secret love. Proverbs 27.5. Right? So, again, the thing is, even when the scripture tells us, except before you, life and death, blessings, curses, blessings and cursings, choose life in Deuteronomy 30, 19, what it's saying is choose life, repent from death. Right? See, when I choose life, I'm not going to do the things that's going to harmonize me with evil. Right? I'm not going to do the things to harmonize with evil. Let's go to 2 Peter 2. 12 through 15. 2 Peter 2, 12 through 15. And so again, this, this is not like, Gerard, we ain't trying to roll like, I'm just going to live in sin and I'll just keep every other day repenting. You know what that is? I'm not, I've never repented at all. Because remember, your actions are consistent with repentance. So if I'm, if, if, if I'm, you know, you know, I, this is leg day. Let me see if I can do it. I, I, I can't even do it. I, I was, I was going to do, you know how you just, you just jump rope and you just going back like this and stuff like that. If I'm jumping back and forth in and out, yeah, that ain't repentance. I, I can't, I can barely, I just did legs and I got some news. So I said, let me go put up some shots, man. I just, I was like, what's wrong with me? Like, I can barely get up off the ground. And the Lord said, well, it might be all that stuff you did <laughs> with your legs. But, but what I'm saying is, like, it's not going in and out, back and forth. I'm locked in. You know what I'm saying? I'm locked in. It's, you know, it's, 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 it's consistency. So let's look at 2 Peter 2. I told you that already, right? I thought I did. I just didn't get there. Did you get young? Like, oh boy, about to go sleep on me. <laughs> I'm playing with you, man. I'm playing with you. <laughs> it's kind of loud there, sister. <laughs> like, hurry up with this. Oh boy. <laughs> What's your line, man? Tell me how you really feel. All right. So, so 2 Peter 2, 12 through 15, and we're going we're gonna to focus in on uh, uh, 
I don't. I think this might be the classic game for I'm not sure. I didn't write it in here. It says, but these are natural brute beasts made to be taken and destroyed, speak evil of the things that they understand not, and shall utterly perish in their own corruption. You know, these are uh, deceiving folk or people in denial. It says, and shall receive the reward of unrighteousness as, as they that count it pleasure to riot in the daytime. Spots they are and blemishes, sporting themselves with their own deceivings while they feast with you. Having eyes full of adultery, they cannot cease from sin, beguiling unstable souls or tricking unstable souls. And heart they have, in heart, I'm sorry, and heart they have exercised with covetous practices. Cursed children, which have forsaken the right way and have gone astray, following the way of uh, Balaam, the son of Bozer, who loved the wages of unrighteousness. Uh, this is the Amplified Version. It says, but these false teachers, like unreasonable animals, mere creatures of instinct, born to be captured and destroyed, reviling things they do not, under, reviling things they do not understand, will also perish in their own corruption. In their destroying, they will be destroyed, suffering wrong, destined for punishment as the wages of doing wrong. They count it a delight to revel in the daytime, living luxuriously. They are stains and blemishes on mankind, uh, reveling in their deceptions even as they feast with you. They have eyes full of adultery, constantly looking for sin, enticing and luring away unstable souls. Having hearts trained in greed, they are children of a curse, abandoning the straight road that is the right way to live. They have gone astray. They have followed the way of the false teacher Balaam, the son of Bear, who loved the reward of wickedness or twistedness. Now, this is talking about false teachers because, and I only, only highlighted the scripture because that's what's happening when people are not teaching a message that's reminding us that we have to repent from sin. When people are, are, are telling you it's okay to live in sin because it's, it's already taken care of. So go ahead, just sin as much as you want. It's already taken care of. Don't let nobody judge you. Stay in your sin. Now, I don't think that's what their intent is. It, it, I think it's a lot through ignorance. At least I want to say that. You know, I want to think the best. But that's not accurate teaching. Because there is nothing in the scripture that's excused us from repenting. Go through all through the Bible. Right? Now, when you, when you start to hear this punishment or or fire, or, or uh, gnashing of teeth, or uh, actually we were reading through, uh, you know, some of the things in the Old Testament that happened. And, and this is what your, the culture will tell you. Some say, why would God allow them to be punished? Right? So a lot of times people go through stuff like, <laughs> what kind of God, why, why would he do that? You know, nobody's perfect. Right? This is the answer. Why would they put themselves in harm's way and be too prideful to repent? So you see, we always say, why would God allow people to go through that? No, why would you put yourself in that position? And once you get in that position, why would you be too prideful to repent or too stubborn to repent? God is getting the blame for our choices. Why'd you let that happen to me? Why'd you go there? Why you didn't tell me they was getting hurt? Who said I didn't tell you? Why'd you cloud yourself from listening? You see what I'm saying? Like, well, it's like, like, like we, we really got to process through this. Um, I only got a couple more scriptures here, but let's look at uh, Revelations 2. So I told you repentance is all through the Bible, and you just read through the churches of Revelation. You'll see how, how 
We, Genesis, we talked about the beginning, right? We talked about the beginning of some, some um, unrepentant sin. And when you get to Revelations, you'll see that's why everybody went through they went, what they went through. Now, in the red letters, of course, is Jesus talking. But Revelations 2, we'll just highlight 2. We can go through pretty much all the churches and see how this is an issue. But I wanted to highlight Revelations 2 in light of what we was talking about. So verse 18, this is the church at uh, 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 Thyatira. It says, it says and, and unto the angel of the church in Thyatira, these things said the Son of God who has his eyes like unto a flame of fire and his feet are like fine brass. I know thy works and charity and service and faith and thy patience and thy works and the last to be more than the first. So he's saying, I've seen all the things you've done in the church. You see that? Y'all see that? It says, notwithstanding, I have a few things against thee. <laughs> so he could get a list of all of the one, the charity, that's love, and the service, and the, and the faith, and the patience, and that works. And he said the last meaning of works was greater than everything else. A lot of works. He says, notwithstanding, I have a few things that, to, against thee, because thou suffereth the woman Jezebel, which calleth herself a prophetess, to teach and seduce my servants to commit fornication and to eat things sacrificed unto idols. And he says, and I gave her space to repent of her fornication, and she repented not. So even the Jezebel spirit was given a chance to repent. But it says, he says, that's what I got against you. You're allowing that manipulation. So you did all these wonderful things, but you didn't address that manipulative spirit that starts snatching people into fornication. Right? That sat here. See, see, so, so sometimes leaders get it flat because, you know, you know, people say, you know, why are they coming at that person like that? You know, and around here, I'm not going to say nobody's name, but trust me, the people know who's being talked about because they run. And then some of us, we do all these things. We Bible study, fellowship, all these type of things, but we're still not addressing the manipulator that hangs around us all the time. Didn't the scripture just say that? Right? And we're going, I don't know why, why I can't get this breakthrough, man. I'm trying to get this breakthrough. You got kryptonite hanging around you. You friends with kryptonite and you're looking for a breakthrough. That don't even make sense. Oh, I know what it is. You evangelizing them. <laughs> that was sarcastic. <laughs> oh, just for the record, that was sarcastic. Right? <laughs> uh, let's go over to Revelation 3.3, right? Revelation 3.3. Just hanging around kryptonite. Looking to get blessed, 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 blessed in the city. No, you're not. <laughs> and around, then around. All right, so Revelation 3 3. It says, Remember therefore how thou hast received and heard, and hold fast and repent. If therefore thou shalt not, uh, shall not watch, I will come on thee as a thief, and thou shalt not know what hour I will come upon thee. So he says, live in this, this, this life now. Remember? It's, that's similar to saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Like now, in this time. Right? He says, because you don't know when I'm coming. Right? You don't know when I'm coming. Second. <sighs> Can't get around some things. All right, sec, Second Corinthians twelve. Mm, wow, I hear you, Lord. Mm. You don't know when I'm coming. Whew. Wow. 
All right, 2 Corinthians 12, this will be our live scripture. And verse 19. It says, again, think ye that, uh, I'm sorry. Again, think ye that we excuse ourselves unto you. We speak before God in Christ but we do all things, dearly beloved, for your edifying. So everything we're doing is really to build you up. That's what edifying means. This is for I fear lest when I come, I shall not find you such as I would, and that I shall be found unto you such as you would not. Lest, uh, lest there be debates, immians, wrath, strifes, backbiting, whispering, swellings, and tumults. It says, unless when I come again, my God will humble me among you and that I shall be well many which have sinned already and have not repented of the uncleanness and the fornication and the lasciviousness which they have committed. Right? Some have not repented. See, at this stage of our lives, we do not know, we, at this stage of our lives, we don't need to know what we can do and get a pass into heaven. You know why? Because we're alive and can live a righteous life and can repent from sin now. We spend so much time. Is that sin? Is that bad? Am I hurting anybody? You think God's going to get me for that? If you got to ask the question, something's wrong. Right? Something's wrong if you're hovering in the area where you got to, hmm, you think I'm going to get in trouble for that, Pastor Mel? What do you think? I don't, I don't know. You think I'm going to get in trouble? What do you think, Pastor Mel? No. I don't want to be nowhere near stuff like that. Right? I'm looking to... I'm not looking for a way out. I'm looking for a way into the kingdom. I'm not looking for if I can stand next to the flames and possibly not get burnt. I'm nowhere near the flames. See, my repentance has me turning away from the flames and walking away from the flames, not hanging out with the flames, right? I mean, you think about even in Judas' situation. Like, there's so many situations where repent. It's an action. Change our conduct. Like, really change our conduct. And I'm going to tell you, we're going to have to get rid of this stubbornness. This ain't nobody telling me what to do. It's a dangerous thing when you're out there. We, we talked about it in the last couple of weeks. You're not accountable. That's dangerous, man. Because there's something in you that says that you're your own God. There's something in you that you are in control. God is not in control. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you right now, it's a dangerous place to be in. All right, so that's all for today. Uh, any thoughts? Any, any areas we were challenged? Any questions we may have? Uh, something that uh, just made you think, stirred you up? Uh, if you're online, if you have a thought, you can either put your TV on mute, call in on the calling line at the bottom of the screen, or you can put it in the chat. And we'll, we'll speak it out here uh, so, so everybody can be on the same page.